Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the New York Giants are going to spend some money this offseason. Joe Shane said it yesterday. They're no longer shopping in the bargain bins. They can actually go out into free agency and spend some money, and free agency only a few days away, and there's a lot of really talented players out on the open market, and the Giants, following the extension of Daniel Jones, they cleared a lot of cap space by doing that and not putting him on the franchise tag, and we'll see. Maybe they'll extend Saquon Barkley as well, have even more cap space. Maybe they extend Leonard Williams. They're probably going to cut, uh, well, we know that they're going to cut Kenny Galladay. They're going to make some move, and the Giants could end up with somewhere around like $50 million to spend in free agency alone, so it's going to be a fun and exciting offseason, and I'm really excited to take a look at this free agency market, and that's what we're going to do today take a look at some of the top fits for the new york giants in free agency so before we dive into all that make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode and subscribe to the channel if you're new and ring the bell so you don't miss an episode without further ado alex how are you doing and who are some of those players in free agency that you think make perfect sense for the giants well, the Giants have a lot of money, as we discussed yesterday. They have a lot of cap flexibility after the Daniel Jones contract and Saquon Barkley franchise tag. So we are optimistic on their ability to sign some players this offseason. And obviously, they have a lot of good cap health in 2024 and beyond. So right now, it seems like things are going well. And Joe Shane said it best yesterday. They're not going to be signing minimum players anymore. They're going to be going out and trying to get some guys that can start now and help this team immediately um, to start off. Let's start with the linebackers, because obviously, that's a big priority this offseason. There's a couple of guys on the market, you know, Eric Kendricks, Bobby Wagner, Tremaine Edmonds, David Long. A lot of people are looking in the direction of Tremaine Edmonds as their primary desired choice, I guess. Um, you know, David Long would be a good option, a little bit smaller for linebacker, but he can blitz. He can do a lot of things for you. A little bit more of a versatile piece. Tremaine Edmonds is a big boy. He's good in terms of his athleticism. He got a lot better in the coverage department, but he was serving a second fiddle to Matt Milano. So the question is, can he be a Mike top linebacker? Can he be an LB1? Are you going to pay him like an LB1, given the fact that he was playing second fiddle to an to a Pro Bowl level guy? So that's a question that the Giants have to ask themselves. Do you want to take that risk and pay a guy that has never been that top gun? or do you want to take the risk and see the upside of him being that guy um, and, and, you know, kind of approaching this offseason in the sense that he could make a big upgrade. He could be a big upgrade at the linebacker position. So when you're looking at Jermaine Edmonds, maybe 8 to $10 million per season, you know, Kenny Galladay being cut covers the majority of that contract. So it's not, you, know, you can kind of like look at it that way. Kenny Galladay pretty much equals like Kenny Galladay and restructuring Darnay Holmes, and Darnay's going to make $3 million, so I imagine they might cut him and re-sign him to a cheaper deal. You could say that Darnay plus Kenny Galladay equals an LB1. You know, that's kind of the logic I would follow. So at least the money, the money aspect of it. So, you know, Anthony, who are you looking at in linebacker? Tremaine Edmonds, obviously a good fit because he comes from Buffalo. Obviously, Joe Shane knows him. Brian Dable know him. And there's a connection there, and they know what they're getting. Obviously, a guy that they drafted. So it, there is a really strong connection, but I don't think that's the end-all be-all of free agency. Nonetheless, it's a guy that a lot of people are mentioning, a lot of people want. What do you think about him being an LB1? Do you think he can rise to the occasion and kind of become that for this Giants team? Yeah, I totally think he can, and I think the main thing about signing a guy like Tremaine Edmonds is the age. He's only 24 years old, so you can sign him long-term, and he can pretty much be your Mike linebacker for years and years and years. So that's kind of like the selling point 
for a guy like Tremaine Edmonds rather than some of these other veterans out there like Bobby Wagner, whoever else you might think of. But Tremaine Edmonds, I mean, he was drafted in 2017. Joe Shane was the assistant general manager of the Buffalo Bills in 2017. So you have to assume that that connection means something and that Joe Shane's going to look at Tremaine Edmonds of free agency and say, yeah, he can perfectly fit this need for us and I already know him there's already that relationship there so I like Jermaine Edmonds he makes a lot of sense but 11 million dollars per year is quite a lot and I also saw one projected contract I think it was from Pro Football Focus where they had him at 18 million per year and I think that's a lot of money. So if the if the price tag goes that high for Tremaine Edmonds, I mean, I'm probably out on that one. But PFF had Crack. a projected salary for another linebacker that I really liked. And the linebacker is Eric Kendricks, another player who I don't think enough fans realize has a great connection to the New York Giants coaching staff. Eric Kendricks was just cut by the Minnesota Vikings. He was there for years and years. I think he's had 100-plus tackles in each of the last seven seasons. He was an All-Pro a few seasons ago. Yes, he's declining. He's getting older. He's like 32 years old. He's not the player that he used to be, but he's still pretty good, and he's definitely better than whatever the New York Giants have on their roster right now. And the reason why I think Eric Kendricks makes so much sense for the Giants specifically is because he too, like Jermaine Edmonds, has a connection to the coaching staff. So with Eric Kendricks, his connection is actually to Andre Patterson, the New York Giants defensive line coach. Now we know what a great job Patterson did this past season. Dexter Lawrence had the breakout year. We saw Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari both play really well together, and Leonard Williams was still really good. I love what Andre Patterson did with Dexter Lawrence specifically, but with the defensive line in total. Now, something that a lot of fans probably don't know about Andre Patterson is that the Giants kind of have someone who's way overqualified as their defensive line coach. Yes, he's the defensive line coach, so he's just a lowly assistant on the New York Giants staff. However, he was the assistant head coach of the Minnesota Vikings the year prior to joining the Giants, and he was also the team's co-defensive coordinator and defensive line coach. He's one of the best coaches, assistant coaches in the NFL. The Giants are really lucky to have a guy like Andre Patterson, but while he was the assistant head coach and the co-defensive coordinator, he was coaching Eric Kendricks, and Eric Kendricks had a career year under um, Andre Patterson as co-defensive coordinator. So I think that it makes a lot of sense when you look at it. He, he's coached him before. They're familiar with each other. Kendricks, yeah, he's not what he used to be, but that's why you're going to get him for cheap. It's probably a one-year deal, probably like $4 million. So cheap for a really good linebacker who has a great connection. And who knows? Maybe he has a revitalization in his career by being linked back up with Andre Patterson. You never know. And so I really like the idea. Yes, I like Tremaine Edmonds. He's young. He's got all the potential in the world. He can be a really special player. But Eric Kendricks is such a low-cost, low-risk player that you can sign in free agency. And he's got a perfect fit and um, connection to Andre Patterson. So he makes a lot of sense to me. But... Alex, I'm curious to know, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Eric Kendricks and free agency? Eric Kendricks is a pretty solid player. He's not going to be like this ridiculous upgrade. You know, he's going to be a good player for you. You know, has some good grades in the past. He plays routinely over 1,000 snaps every year. So the health variable is a big one. The Giants have had a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball. So getting a guy that's relatively healthy or at least has a proven health history is certainly something to be excited about. Certainly something to be, you know, considering when you're looking at these guys. Um, but last year had a 10.1% missed tackle rate. Obviously not the most ideal thing, but at 101 tackles, 42 assists. Um, and then in coverage, he gave up a 77% reception rate, 67 receptions over 87 targets for almost 700 yards and two touchdowns. He's not very good in coverage. If that's something the Giants are looking for, this is probably not going to be the best option in coverage, but he does have some interceptions in the past. In fact, uh, this was only the second time in his entire career he hasn't recorded an interception in a season. He had two in 2021 and three in 2020. 
Um, so, you know, he had 13 pass breakups back in 2019, which was by far his best season to date. But like you said, maybe he comes back and Patterson helps him out. Um, the defense obviously has some really good talent, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and maybe he just kind of fits seamlessly into the mix here. It can help this team uh, stop the run specifically. He's a decent run stopper. I wouldn't say he's above average, below average. He's probably like an average, maybe slightly above average run stopper. But the missed tackle rate has ballooned a little bit the last couple seasons, so it is something to keep an eye on. Again, that could even out. could be a scheme-related uh, thing. He could be a much better option for the Giants who play or want to play a man-coverage-heavy system. So if you're looking at a cheap one-year deal, sign me up. I think that's ideal. Maybe you go out and draft a guy in the second or third round to pair with him and start. Um, I think that's fine. But, you know, linebacker is definitely one the Giants have to address. Bobby Wagner is also in the conversation. If you want to go with a guy who obviously has been a pro bowler for a very, very, very long time, he's kind of on the tail end of his career. Maybe you sign him to a $10 million, maybe less, honestly, maybe $8 or $9 million deal. He's coming off a deal that paid him $10 million per year. So at his age and stuff like that, I think you probably can get him for a little bit cheaper. And he's one of the most experienced, high IQ linebackers in the game. He's a leader. He's a perfect Mike you want. If you're Wink Martindale and you want an experienced guy who's going to plug the gaps and be in the right positions every time and not miss a lot of tackles he's definitely the one you want but a lot of people think that Bobby Wagner is kind of washed and that's totally fair perspective maybe he isn't as good as he once was but I'll tell you this right now he's better than anything the Giants have had in probably a decade so let's not sit here and act like Bobby Wagner wouldn't be a monster upgrade if they went in that direction because he absolutely would be and the other options on the market David Long you know, he's rising, he's elevating, but he's not proven by any means. Tremaine Edmonds, not proven. He's had one good season. Uh, Eric Hendricks, you know, coming off a couple years where he's been progressively getting worse. So Bobby Wagner is the most consistent out of all of them. You know what you're getting when hit with him. Not saying that that's my preference, but if they went in that direction, I'd be happy as hell, and I wouldn't even think twice about it. So that's kind of wraps up my linebacker talk, but let's look at the cornerback market, which is another one the Giants are going to be heavily looking at. I've been speaking a lot about how deep this market is. Let me just list some of the guys for you who are available, and the Giants could definitely use a CB2 to pair with the Dory Jackson, especially one that's a good corner in man coverage. So these are the top guns. Marcus Peter, uh, a little bit older. He could be a good fit for this team given the, the connection with Wink Martindale. Shaquille Griffin, who was just released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's younger, really like him. I wonder how much he would command on the open market. Bradley Roby, a little bit older at almost 31. Bradbury, more of a zone coverage corner. I don't think he's coming back. Jonathan Jones is solid. Anthony Brown, solid. Um, Emmanuel Mosley, Cameron Sutton, Troy Hill, Patrick Peterson, old as hell, don't want to touch that. Um, Eli Apple, you'd stay the hell away from the Giants at all costs. Kyle Fuller, um, you know, PJ Williams, Isaiah, like one that stands out to me, uh, actually a couple, Sean Murphy Bunting is one that stands out to me, only 25 years old, solid player, would probably be quite cheap. Rocky Sin out of Las Vegas, also a solid player, probably cheap. Byron Murphy, Artie Burns, there's a lot of guys. Greedy Williams, um, you can go and get a CB2 with upside that's young on a really cheap deal this this offseason, and I think we're going to be fine, and we're gonna, we can plug that CB2 spot that does, doesn't start with the name that starts with Zion or Fabian or Nick McLeod. We can have guys that are good on this team that aren't going to cost a ton of money, right? I think that's a realistic thing that we can say now that the Giants have pretty healthy salary space moving forward, Anthony. But when you're looking at these CBs, is there anyone that you would like to kind of keep an eye on specifically? Yeah, I think the cornerback market is kind of like chock full of talent this offseason. When you look at it, I mean, you mentioned a bunch of those guys. There's so many that make sense for the Giants. I know James Bradbury said that he'd be willing to come back to New York. The Giants never wanted to cut him in the first place. They just had to. But now Joe Shane has some cap space to play with. He could bring James Bradbury back if he wanted to. I'm not sure if they would really go that route. He's probably a little bit more expensive. I read a report that all of those Eagles free agents in the, off, in the offseason this year, they're trying to really cash in off the success of their crappy team, making it as far as they did. But 
I like James Bradbury. I think it would be nice to see him come back at the right price. However, I think that the Giants are going to want to be a little bit more frugal here. They do have a lot of young talent on their roster at the cornerback position. They can develop that. So they just need like a veteran guy who's solid enough. And that's why I, we've mentioned this name on the channel a few times, and you just mentioned him again. Marcus Peters just makes sense, dude. I, I know he's not the best player in the world. He's he's very aggressive. He lets up a lot of big plays. He's kind of like the Janoris Jenkins type of player, if you guys, Giants fans, remember that. So Marcus Peters, not the best player in the world, but he's going to be really cheap. I'm reading online right now, Pro Football Focus projects a two-year, uh, $14 million deal. So you're paying $7 million per year. Half of it's guaranteed. You can cut him probably after the first year with little penalty. I think Marcus Peters makes sense. He's physical. He's an outside cornerback. He plays in man coverage, and he knows Wink Martindale really well and played in his system. So I like Marcus Peters the best out of any of these cornerbacks because of the combination of familiarity, playing style, and price. Price is the big one, though, because he's cheap. And I don't want to overpay for any of these cornerbacks. I think a lot of them are good. Jonathan Jones is a great player, and he'll get two years, five and a half million. But he played a lot in the slot. He's very versatile. He can play on the outside, but he's mainly a slot guy. He makes a lot of sense. Man coverage. He would be a good player in the giant system, but he's also old. There's really not that many options out in free agency at the cornerback position that are long-term solutions. A lot of them are like little band-aids. So even if the Giants go ahead and sign a guy like Marcus Peters, I'd still want them to look to the draft and draft a cornerback within the first three rounds. Like if Joey Porter Jr., Penn State, if he's on the board at 25, but you just signed Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters does not stop you from drafting that player out of Penn State. So I think that the cornerback position, while the market has a lot of different options, none of them are true long-term options. And so I would rather the Giants just pay a really cheap price on a guy like Marcus Peters and just have him for a year or two to just be a decent CB2. He's got a lot of plays, but I think that's okay. But over in the secondary, still in the secondary, but over at the safety position, there is some talent over there that makes sense for the Giants. Now, NFL.com recently wrote an article talking about the top fits uh, for some of the free agents in this year's class, and they actually put Jordan Poyer as a landing spot for the New York Giants. They think that the Giants make perfect sense for him, and I actually do agree. When you look at it, Julian Love probably leaving him free agency this offseason. The Giants don't seem to be super interested in re-signing him. Tony Jefferson also could leave in free agency. That's two safeties on the Giants' defense that could be gone this offseason. So they need to bring in some new talent. And Jordan Poyer, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. He still is one of the best safeties in the NFL. Now, he is 32 years old, and he's probably going to cost a pretty penny. He might cost you upwards of $10 million per season. But he will be a lockdown, ball-hawk, free safety on the back end of the Giants' defense. A perfect fit for the team. They do need that. Pair him alongside Xavier McKinney, and it'll make Xavier McKinney a 10 times better player they will both be great together so i like the idea of jordan poyer but again alex curious to hear your thoughts on jordan poyer especially considering he might have a pretty high price tag yeah i mean look jordan poyer is going to be a lot more expensive we know this but at the end of the day you know you're going to lose julian love like we're going to we're going to lose julian love most likely and i love julian love we all do and but the, th the thing about it is he's a really good utility piece he's an average starter right like he's an average starter for by most accounts, I would say. I wouldn't say he's above average by any means, but he's an average starter in multiple positions, so there's value to having utility like that. Um, but Jordan Poyer is a Pro Bowl level, all Pro level strong safety. You know, I can see another, other teams desperately wanting his services too. I think that it might be a luxury signing for the Giants. I think they probably have high hopes for Dane Belton. I don't think they want to invest. I think they'd probably rather invest in an LB1 and a CB2 than a strong safety. But if they do want to go with a guy like this, he can do a lot for this Giants defense. He's aggressive. He can stop the run. 
He's great in coverage. He's a big playmaker. Um, you know, this is someone who is a guy that brings a lot of value to any defense, any team he goes to. Um, so yes, what I would, what I want Jordan Pryor on the Giants, of course I would. Do I think it's realistic? Probably not. It's probably maybe like a ten percent chance, for being honest. Um, I would prefer to put the money towards CB two and linebacker personally. You know, do you follow a similar kind of train of thought, or do you think that maybe there's more probability to, to this than I than I'm kind of giving it? I think that there's probably more of a chance of them going after Jordan Poyer than you're willing to admit because it is a lot of money to lock into a safety, but it is one of those positions that's really important. And if you have a really good safety, it opens things up for your defense. It makes your corners better. It makes your other safety better. There's two safeties and they play alongside each other. So it's really important, but it's the price tag that's going to make everyone skeptical of a guy like Jordan Poyer because he probably does command somewhere around like $12 million per season. And that's a lot for the safety position. He's 32 years old. He's also not a long-term solution. The same gripe that I have with the cornerbacks, I have with the safety in Jordan Poyer. But he would be a step-in, day-one impact player that is arguably one of the best players on your defense so I don't know I think there's pros and cons to it Jordan Poyer one of the best safeties in the league and uh it's very unlikely that he gets re-signed by the Buffalo Bills I was reading so he makes sense for the Giants um but I want to go flip it over to the offensive side of the ball Alex because we've been talking about you know safety position that's one of our needs but the number one need that Giants fans recognize this offseason it's the wide receiver position everybody wants the Giants to go ahead and get a wide receiver so I want to talk about some wide receivers but I also think that Giants fans need to start realizing tight end could also be considered a need i love daniel bellinger i think he's a solid starting player but what's the problem with having another good tight end and i think that there's one in free agency alex that makes a lot of sense and i know that the giants would have to pay up big time if they wanted this player but we've mentioned him in passing in conversation alex and i want to get your take on him on the channel dalton schultz now he's going to get probably 14 million dollars per year it's going to be expensive but he's a damn good player. He is as reliable as it gets over the middle of the field. He plays for the Dallas Cowboys, but he's going to be a free agent this offseason. What are your thoughts on the Giants potentially going after a guy like Dalton Schultz and really just locking in that tight end position and allowing Daniel Bellinger to kind of be tight end two on this team? So that's an interesting take. And, you know, actually, we mentioned this the other day when it came to Dalton Schultz um, as a pretty interesting addition for the Giants if they wanted to go in that direction. I don't, just based on the way that you know, you look at the Chiefs and the Bills, you know, using Mike Kafka and Dable as an example, they don't normally have like two tight ends that are capable. You know, you look at Dawson Knox on the Bills, and you look at Travis Kelsey and Dalton Schultz is not Travis Kelsey. And, you know, Bellinger's probably closer to Dawson Knox than anything else. I think they give Bellinger the starting job. I think that he was making great progress before that eye injury, and then it kind of knocked him off. And he was, he had like a couple weeks where he was scoring touchdowns every week, and he looked really good, and he was getting open, and he was making some big blocks. I don't see the need for Dalton Schultz. I don't think that you invest in the tight end position when you have a player who, as a rookie, showed to be a very good run blocker, a solid guy who can chip off the edge, and his receiving game is pretty pretty strong. Like he's got good hands. Like he in in fact, I say he had a couple of like strange drops, but those are like an, anomalies for Daniel Bellinger. He is a strong uh, receiver as well. Like he has tremendous hands and he did in college. And um, this is someone I trust in that facet. And I don't think that we need, I think that you continue developing him and you give him the starting job because uh, he, his potential is there. Dalton Schultz, he's good. He's a decent blocker. He's more of a receiver, but again, the Cowboys love to use their tight ends. Like that is a primary factor in their offense. I don't get the sense the Giants are going to be as heavily using their tight ends as maybe um, you know Dallas Cowboys do. And they they make they made Dalton Schultz look really good. Every tight end that goes through that system looks phenomenal. Doesn't matter who the hell it is. Um, Dallas Goddard obviously was that guy um, before him. So 
you know, if I'm the Giants, I'm looking at Bellinger and saying that's our starter. We, we invested a fourth-round pick in him. We trust him. We're going to give him the opportunity to start and, and uh, continue his development. I think that's pretty fair, right? Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair, and I actually do kind of agree with you. Like, I, I wanted to bring up Dalton Schultz because I think it's an interesting player to take a look at in free agency. You know, poaching a divisional division rivals, one of their best players is always fun. You know, you like to do that. So I, I, I think it's interesting to think of a guy like Dalton Schultz. He would probably be so good in this offense. I think Daniel Jones really does know how to work the ball over the middle of the field to tight ends, and I think that Brian Dable and Mike Kafka would probably unlock another level of Dalton Schultz if he was on the Giants, but that price tag is a little bit too much. The Giants, I, I think that Joe Shane had a good quote yesterday where he was talking about um, thinking ahead and that the Giants, you know, they have a lot of money to spend this offseason, but they also have some big contracts coming up, and they're, they're, they have that in mind. They've got players like um, Dexter Lawrence coming up, Andrew Thomas. So what Joe Shane was saying is that they still need to build through the draft because they need these players on cheap rookie contracts, essentially, is what he was trying to explain. So, yes, they'll go in the free agency, they'll get some players, but they can't build through free agency because they need some of these players on cost-efficient contracts. And I think Daniel Bellinger, like you said, Alex, is one of those players. He showed a lot of promise as a rookie, and I think that he makes a lot of sense as just a long-term option for the Giants at tight end because he's going to be on a very cheap contract as a mid-round pick. So talking about the wide receiver position, though, there is a player out in free agency that I think makes a lot of sense for the Giants. This isn't a big-name player. I'm not going to mention Odell Beckham Jr. right now. I think we'll get into him and a discussion about him another day because I know that the Giants are still reportedly interested in him. But there's a really low-key player that I think makes a lot of sense for the Giants' offense, the way that they play and the way that this player plays. Paris, Paris Campbell from the Indianapolis Colts. I like his game. He's got run-after-the-catch ability. He's one of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL. If you didn't know, the Giants had the slowest wide wide receiver room in the league last year based on 40-yard dash times, average 40-yard dash times. So Paris Campbell instantly injects a bunch of speed into the Giants offense and gives them a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands. Now, I know that that's kind of redundant if you take uh, Wandell Robinson and you take Paris Campbell. Maybe you can argue that they're similar players. However, I think that Paris Campbell has more of that deep receiving ability. Wandale Robinson really good in the short to intermediate portions of breaking tackles, but Paris Campbell goes down and makes some pretty big uh, plays downfield. So I like Paris Campbell in that role. Plus, Wandale Robinson's coming off of a mid-season ACL tear. I know they're saying he should probably be ready by week one. There's a chance that he's not, okay? So I think Paris Campbell, having a guy like him who can kind of emulate what Wandale Robinson does, there's a lot of value in that as well. And according to SpotRack, he, his projected market value is a one-year, $2.5 million deal. So if I'm the New York Giants and I'm looking at Paris Campbell, one-year, $2.5 million, and I just need speed and talent in my receiving room, Paris Campbell makes perfect sense. Alex, I'm curious to know your thoughts on him. Look, any receiver that can offer value to this team right now is certainly on the docket for the Giants. Paris Campbell, this wide receiver free agency is thin. You're talking about Robert Woods, Robbie Anderson, Nelson Aguilar, Sterling Shepard, DJ Shark. It's slim pickings for our boys, my friends. And Juju Smith-Schuster, and keep TikTok boy away from our team. Please, God, just issues follow that man wherever he goes I guess Super Bowls too but Paris Campbell's pretty interesting you know this is a player that's had some injury history you know he played his first full season in 2022 before then he played a maximum of seven games back in 2019 when he was a rookie so first full year healthy that's something to keep an eye on he had a, about a 70% catch rate which is certainly solid 623 yards and three touchdowns could he be fool's gold absolutely you know one good you know, healthy season, 
should not erase the fact that he's traditionally been injury-prone his entire career. Um, so if I were to give my take on Paris Campbell, I'd say, hell yeah, sign him to a pretty reasonable, cheap deal. I'm not overspending. I'm having a hard red line saying, this is how much I'm willing to give you. This is it. You know, one-year deal, maybe leverage that into a multi-year contract if he performs well and stays healthy. But given the luck the Giants have had at the wide receiver position in the health department, getting players that are traditionally not healthy is certainly a concern for me. So if I'm going to go after Paris Campbell, who I do think is a really nice fit for the style of offense that we run, he can do a lot of stuff for us. He can kind of play inside and out, six foot, two eight pounds, a speedy guy. He can return punts and kicks. I really do like that um, aspect of his game. But yeah, so if I'm looking at him, injury history concerns me. I'm offering him a contract that's very, very safe and team friendly for us. But it may be incentive laden contract that allows him to make some more money if, if uh, you know, he cert- he reaches a certain yardage or whatever it might be. I think that's probably the way I would go for him just because of the injuries. Yeah, and I think that makes perfect sense. I, again, I like Paris Campbell. I like his playing style and the way he fits in the Giants' offense. I know that's what we're trying to break down here is players who fit with the New York Giants. And I just think when you look at it, Paris Campbell, he's got that aspect to his game that really reminds you of what you see from Buffalo Bills wide receivers. You know, And we know that Brian Dable is trying to get guys that remind him of the players that he had over in Buffalo, which is why we think that they might go with a guy like Jordan Addison in the first round of the draft. Kind of similar playing style to Stephon Diggs, though maybe not the same talent level. I don't think that's a reasonable expectation. But I think there's a lot of great fits in free agency for the New York Giants though when you look at it they've got the money to spend and there is really good talent out there this year Alex are there any players before we wrap up here that we didn't cover that you think could be good fits for the Giants um any other players I think could be good fits I know the uh, Minnesota Vikings just cut or they're expecting to cut Adam Thielen I don't necessarily like that option more of a slot guy you know really good red zone threat but I just don't see a need for him he's kind of old 32 years old at the start of next season so I, I wouldn't go in that direction um, there's a lot of guys like there's just so many I mean we could talk about you know returning Sterling Shepard or even Richie James who was solid you know those are definitely options right yeah how about Dalvin Tomlinson you know what what about that you know um, reunion I think that makes sense too he might be a little bit Depends expensive Dalvin Tomlinson kind of turned into one of the best run defending defensive tackles in the NFL and I don't know if he would play um, if, if having a player like that would necessarily have forced you to move Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence played the zero this year. He was a nose tackle, and he had the breakout year probably because of that. But Dalvin Tomlinson is a player that I like because he's familiar with the Giants, and he's a really good player. He's also got the connection to Andre Patterson. But I think that him playing the zero, Dexter Lawrence playing the zero, might not make sense necessarily. But what do you think about Dalvin Tomlinson being a potential option as the Giants try and bolster their defensive line? The only way I see Dalvin Tomlinson as an option is if we get rid of Leonard Williams. Because right now, like, where is he going to play? He's not going to start if you have Leonard Williams and, and uh, Dexter Lawrence under contract and on this team. He's, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson is a starting level player. Um, so, yeah, if we got rid of Leo and we saved a lot of money and we could roll some of that into Dalvin Tomlinson, I could be open to that concept and bringing him back, especially because he does have familiarity with Cordell Patterson, you know, uh, definitely someone who maximizes talent. Um, so, yeah, I- I'm cool with those those ideas, but that kind of is the majority of the guys that I think the Giants should be looking at. Um, obviously, there could be guys that shake out over the next couple of weeks, and we'll keep you guys updated on those. Yeah, 1,000%. All the updates will be right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode and comment your thoughts and some of the players that you want the Giants to target in free agency down below. And make sure to subscribe to the channel if you are new and ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. But we'll catch you all in the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants.